As Deshaun Watson gets ready for his disciplinary hearing with the NFL, now a new lawsuit that names the Houston Texans as a plaintiff as it pertains to Deshaun Watson and Jacoby Brissett. Is he the answer for the Cleveland Browns when this is all said and done? Where's the Baker Mayfield potential trade at? All that coming up on today's Peacock and Williamson. You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson with you at PD Peacock at Williamson NFL on Twitter. This episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thanks, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And there's always something going on in the NFL, even if with the deadest of dead times in the NFL offseason, Matt. And now it is the disciplinary hearing for Deshaun Watson that'll get going tomorrow, Tuesday. So we're sitting here Monday and not much to say about that, except for, according to reports, NFL owners are pushing for, I, I, I assuming 31 NFL owners, not including the Cleveland Browns owner, are pushing for not only a year-long suspension for Deshaun Watson, but an indefinite suspension for Deshaun Watson that could be a year plus, and we'll revisit this thing in the future. And with Tony Busby, the, the lawyer that is representing uh, the alleged victims in all of this, filing new suits all the time there's there's been new civil suits that have popped up that's at 24 20 of those have been settled four still outstanding with the civil suits and now a new lawsuit has been filed that points to the houston texans as a plaintiff in this so this is not going away as far as the legal stuff with deshaun watson Um, but we might get a little clarity at least for 2022 this week yeah, and boy, this has been going on a long time. It's been a, a massive story in the NFL now for, what, two years running? And, you know, I, I mostly comment on the on-the-field implications and how it affects both teams and the trade and going back to him sitting all last year with Houston, even though he was getting paid. But in a way, I'm tired of talking about it. You know, I mean, what's Amari Cooper's fantasy value with and without Deshaun Watson? I mean, that's such small potatoes in this whole thing, but those are the questions you get, you know, in my line of work, your line of work. But as you mentioned, there just keeps coming more and more news. And I I think you agree that it it feels like finally, better or worse, this thing's finally going to come to a head maybe in the next day or two. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll hear, hear more, maybe not by the time we record tomorrow, Tuesday, but maybe by Wednesday we'll have uh, a lot more information here and have a, a little bit more of an idea, although I'm guessing a hearing is going to last a while, so who knows, maybe it's still weeks before we know a little bit about this. But I'm sure the league, I'm sure the Browns, I'm sure uh, m- most parties would like to know before training camp breaks exactly where Deshaun Watson is, and yeah. it sounds like a vague, indefinite suspension is likely telling the Browns well, look, he's done this year, and then we'll see about the rest of it because there's on new filings today, right? And so uh, going to that new filing today, according to uh, Jake Trotter, Tony Busby issued a statement saying that the first case has been filed against the Houston Texans. Uh, le- referenced in the lawsuit is that a copy of the NDA the Texans reportedly gave to Watson to use for massage sessions 
which uh, Ginny Vrentis of the New York Times had detailed earlier this month. And there's a link to that report as well. So you can get, you know, dive deep into all of uh, all of this stuff. But essentially, Tony Busby, the the lawyer that represents the uh, alleged victims here is, quote, today we filed the first case of what will likely be many against the Houston Texans related to Deshaun Watson's behavior. Suffice it to say, the overwhelming evidence collected indicating that the Houston Texans enabled Watson's behavior is incredibly damning. We believe the Texans knew or most certainly should have known of Watson's conduct. Beyond that, we believe the filing speaks for itself. So the the Texans, you know, helping draft an NDA for Watson to use to find and 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 quiet these massage therapists before it happened or after it happened or how much did the Texans know about um, any wrongdoing that Watson was doing. So, I mean, this is just, this is going to be never ending. It seems like with this, with this whole case. And if there's 24 women that have come forward now, that's potentially, does that mean there's going to be 24 separate lawsuits against the Texans? And then after the Texans, uh, who does Busby start filing uh, cases against next? Right. I mean, yeah, this could go on for years, I guess, but the league I probably with all of this needs another year to figure out if Deshaun Watson needs a harsher, a harsher, I, I would assume a harsher uh, suspension than one year, but man, it feels like it's got to be at least a year at this point. And, and maybe it starts at a year and maybe Watson's able to appeal it and get it down to 10 games or something, but I'd be shocked if, it, if the fir- their very first suspension isn't a year. And then if not indefinite. Yeah. Um, this is going to sound cold. I don't mean it to be because I feel like the league Goodell owes the Browns an answer soon. You know, I mean, this has been going on a long time. And why I mean that that sounds cold is more is owed to the women, the courts. I mean, no one's feeling bad for the Browns. They knew what they got into. You know, I mean, by no means are they clear of any wrongdoing here either. You know, I mean, no one's like, boy, the Browns are the victim here too. No, I, I don't mean it that way. But we have games coming up in week one down the road. And I think that the Browns coaching staff, et cetera, needs that answer ASAP, certainly before training camp opens, so that they can put a football team on the field, which, again, is secondary to what's going on in the real world here. Um, The thing that stood out to me when you read that report about the Texans organization is you said first of many, you know, that, that word many is not so great. And again, there's so many counts here. Is it a similar situation if there's 24 counts or 24 that go to the Texans or half of them or whatever? But I start thinking, of course, and people tune in for football stuff. I mean, it, all of a sudden, just looking at the, the compensation for the Watson trade, you, you look at it, and I know we're going to talk about this trade from a historic perspective, not only, you know, they might not get Watson, but their picks are long gone. You know, they're now Houston's possession. Well, you can't suspend a team for a whole year or indefinitely. Might those picks just vanish, period? You know what I mean? Like, might the NFL say, well, everything you got for Deshaun doesn't count anymore. You get nothing. Or You know what I mean? Like, if there's ramifications, fines or, you know, fine you a million bucks or whatever, that's substantial to me or you, not to them. Is it going to cost them the picks they got back for Watson? You know what I mean? Like that's interesting. I'd never even thought of that because yeah. I was going to ask in the next segment. The question is: Is this already potentially, and especially with an indefinite suspension, is this the worst trade in NFL history? And so uh, I think that'll be a fun conversation next. And you know, uh, 
it looks bad with three first round picks, but if the the league finds now that there's wrongdoing with the Texans as well as Watson, do the picks go away? Because should the Texans, if there was wrongdoing on their side, get to benefit from the Browns screwing it up as well? Do the pick that's interesting. Could the picks potentially go away? That would help the Browns. Right. Or no, that wouldn't hurt the Browns because those picks wouldn't help them. They anymore. don't get him either way, it but maybe Houston doesn't Texas. get him either. Right. They already but. got well, they already spent one, so you can't take right. that player. <laughs> yeah, well, you but maybe that. they take two firsts from him or a first and a second. I mean, you would think that the penalty is more than dollars if the Texans are guilty of wrongdoing. And the only thing you can really take from teams are money and picks, you know? Oh, yeah. And speaking of the Browns here, last note from this new lawsuit filing. Uh, also referenced, according to Jake Trotter, in the lawsuit is, quote, despite claims that it did extensive due diligence, not one question was asked by Watson's new employer, the Browns, of the victims about Watson's alleged behavior. No effort was made to obtain the police file or speak to the investigating officers. So um, that's where it that's really, mind boggling to me. That's where it's insane. How could you how could you make such a massive move guaranteed dollars multiple first round picks and not actually do due diligence like you said you did like of course you should have had to do like how, how is it even possible and and that's how you end up in this situation that's where other teams may have bowed out of this deshaun watson stuff the further they went down the road um and clearly the browns were willing to do the most in in picks and and dollars for deshaun watson and that's why he ended up with cleveland so knowing all that now is this the worst trade in NFL history by the Cleveland Browns? Or could it be, depending on what that suspension is, if it's an indefinite suspension, if it's one year? So we'll try to answer that question. Next. And there's also new reports about Baker Mayfield trade and potentially what's going on at quarterback with the Browns when Deshaun Watson is suspended. Mm -hmm. uh, and it sounds like maybe Jacoby Brissett is the plan. There, all that coming up next. But first, let's tell the folks out there about Bet Online. You want to bet on those Cleveland Browns or the Houston Texans to win the Super Bowl? Those NFL futures are out there. Tons of NFL action, even though it's the dead part of the offseason right now. Before training camp gets starts up, uh, gets started back up, you can bet on tons of NFL action at Bet Online, your number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. You can bet on the next fired coach right now. The best odds or the worst odds, depending on who, which uh, direction you're looking at this from. Uh, Matt Rule, he has the highest odds for being fired. The lowest odds. Is that the highest odds or the lowest odds, Matt? Anyway. Yeah, right. Best the, odds. The most likely coach to get fired, according to Bet Online. Three to one odds for Matt Rule being the first coach fired. The second, surprisingly, a playoff team from last year is Mike McCarthy, the head coach of right. the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, tons of props and player props and sacks and, and yardage per player and offensive defensive player of the year coach of the year all that stuff you can find right now at bet online plus of course nhl uh congrats to the the abs right yeah i watched it last night yeah, yeah. Uh, but we got major league baseball all season we've got uh fights we've got boxing mma major league baseball golf two leagues of golf now all summer long that you can bet on before football starts back up Head over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about all the trends and the action, not just betting, but sports news as well. Live betting, esports, and scores. Bet online where the game starts. Thanks again, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen. For your second listen, make sure you're checking out everything else 
the network has to offer. Make sure you're subscribed to the Locked On NFL channel, which also is the home of Peacock and Williamson and the Locked On NFL podcast, where our national NFL experts and insiders keep fans dialed in with the biggest stories and the latest news from around the league because an offseason doesn't equal a break in the action as we're seeing uh, with everything going on still in the NFL. And then we'll start previewing 2022 coming up as well here on Peacock and Williamson. But right now we're talking Browns, Deshaun Watson, this whole deal. And I'm hoping we can answer this question right now. Is it too early? I don't know. Maybe hindsight later will change the dynamics of all this when and if Deshaun Watson actually hits the field for the Cleveland Browns. But man, right now, Matt, where does the Deshaun Watson trade? And is it already the worst trade in NFL history. Let me go through what the exact trade was first here for Deshaun Watson, the Browns, and the Texans. The, whoop, I lost it. Here we go. The Houston sent Deshaun Watson and a 2024 sixth round pick. So Watson in a sixth, essentially, uh, goes to the Cleveland Browns. In exchange for, this is what the Browns gave up. First round picks in 2022. That's already been spent. 2020. Think like 13 overall. Yeah, 13 overall. And then yeah, they moved down, right? Right. That ended up being Kenyon Green. Right. Yeah. Okay. And 2024. So three first round picks. Wow. Along with next year, 2023, third rounder, a 2022 and 2024 fourth round selections. So in 2022, you had a first and a fourth. In 2023, you have first and a third. And in 2024, a first and a fourth. So six total picks going to the Houston Texans from the Cleveland Browns for Deshaun Watson, who is not six months later, is not even looking like he's going to play for that team after giving up all that. And, oh, yeah, you had a quarterback in Baker Mayfield who's now on the outs. So the third best potential option you had and and probably lower than third, considering the other quarterbacks you could have had if you're the Cleveland Browns, if you did want to move on from Baker Mayfield. Jacoby Brissett, according to reports, looks like he's going to be the guy that is at quarterback. We'll, we'll push that aside for now, what the Browns should do from here. But just looking at the trade, Matt, is this the worst trade in NFL history with the owners pushing for an indefinite suspension for Deshaun Watson? I forgot the exact details of the trade. And first off, I think it's kind of hilarious that well the browns picked up a six round or two in the deal like <laughs> how did why does that, that matter right how did the browns fight for that like I, right. I wonder how that last little bit is like well we're really we're close you know if you don't give us that sixth but yeah i, I forgot about the 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 other picks because yeah. you think okay three first for watson but then it was even more and like that's potential six starting caliber players, especially the yeah. third round pick, maybe the fourth. You know, you can't really expect to get starters in the fourth round and maybe shouldn't expect to get starters with every first round pick either, right? Um, but they're cheap labor. The Browns, they count in this equation. And the well, Browns do have some future seconds at least. You know, if they're the worst team in the league, they might pick 33rd, maybe. But that's, that's what makes it worse now for the Browns is not having Watson, potentially that pick gets a lot higher in 2022. Right. I mean, they probably Houston well, keeps those picks. They could be really high. Right. So Browns right. are thinking, ah, well, whatever. We're giving up the 13th pick this year, but maybe it's a pick in the 20s, maybe late 20s, maybe in the 30s for mm -hmm. 2023 and 2024. Now, if that's a top 10 pick, it makes it even worse looking for the Browns for what they had to give up. And they didn't get the asset that they actually thought they were trading for. And so at this point, I mean, the Herschel Walker trade, Right. Like that's the that's the pinnacle of bad NFL trades. But that one took years 
And even at the time of the Herschel Walker trade, the Vikings didn't know that the Cowboys were going to utilize all of these mechanisms in that trade. Because if you go back to the Herschel Walker trade, uh, they traded players. But if the players got cut, then the Cowboys would get picks instead, right? And so the Cowboys ended up cutting all the players that they got in trade because they wanted the picks instead. The picks were more valuable. It's a different era. I think it's easier to swindle somebody in that era. There's too much knowledge, too much information now. And to me, with the lack of due diligence by the Browns, I think this is already, just with the way this has gone in the first six months, guy hasn't even played a snap for the Browns yet. This looks like one of, if not the worst, trade in NFL history to me. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly in contention right off the bat. And it's amazing that you could say that this freshly off the deal being consummated. I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of terrible ones. Herschel Walker's a poster boy and that, you know, that was more of a good trade for the Cowboys than an awful trade for the Vikes too. You know I mean? The, the Cowboys use those picks so extremely well, they build a dynasty. That's not to say the Vikes would have done the exact same thing, but you know, still we, we, I'm sure in today's NFL, we laugh, look what they gave up for a running back. You know, that was what, 20 right. Seconds. Yeah. You know, well, wow, and, you know, and, and there wasn't the PR stuff on top of it. Right. Right. Fans weren't fans weren't saying, well, I'm not even going to be a fan of, the Minnesota Vikings anymore because they brought in this Vikes guy. fans were psyched. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to put us over the top, you know? Right. <laughs> exactly. That was the day and age when you could build around a running back. You don't yeah. really do that anymore. And the, and in hindsight, what the Cowboys were able to do with the picks is also what makes it look worse. If the Cowboys missed on those picks and didn't Nobody brings it up again. Kind of see with, you know, Aikman and and Irvin and Emmett Smith and you know, I, I can't remember exactly what the picks turned into at this point. Um a lot of but, strong role players and linemen and you know, yeah. yes, I mean, foundational players. Right. So if they didn't build what they built, it wouldn't look as bad in hindsight, right? Mm-hmm. And so maybe this ends up, you know, maybe the de- the Texans screw this up, and in hindsight, it doesn't look as bad. But as far as as the trade is consummated, I, I feel like this is worse. Could be. You know, like if, you know, the Raiders got those first-round picks for Khalil Mack, and then they're cutting all those guys and not picking up their fifth-year option. You know, like that could have been a terrible trade, you know. And, and um, as there's, I'm sure there's so many draft day trades you could cite. I can't believe you traded up for that guy and he busted or whatever. Of course. Um, a recent one that comes to mind also involves the Texans. They shoot, they, they ship DeAndre Hopkins to the Cardinals for like nothing. <laughs> when we look back at it, that one's really terrible as well. But you're right. I mean, again, Houston now has the opportunity. I'm not saying it's good. They're going to replicate it, but they could do a Cowboys like rebuild with all these assets and we might look back at it and be like, well, they got Mark A with that fourth round pick that we were talking about. And he was a you know, starter for 12 years or, or whatever. Um, I keep going back to what you said, though, about the word when we talk about the suspension indefinitely. So my take on indefinitely, which certainly would not shock me if that word comes out in the next two or three days officially, he has been suspended indefinitely. What that means to me is we just need more time. We know it's going to be a year, but we need more time because there's a lot of stuff going out there. We think we owe the Browns some kind of answer. Cleveland, you know you don't have them this year. There's still a great chance you get them the year after. I mean, that's how I would take indefinitely, unless more things come out where it's even worse. Or, you and know, I guess, yeah, yeah, indefinitely it could be a way for the league to say, well, figure it out, Browns, because Deshaun Watson's not playing. Yeah, right. We can but at least give you this answer. You don't maybe- have him. Maybe something happens where it ends up only being eight games or 10 games. 
Maybe indefinitely allows it to be less than a year, but most likely it's at least a year, then revisited and could yeah. possibly more. That's the way I read it with indefinite. Could be, who right. knows, maybe he never comes back, right? Right. Uh, I would think Adele calls the Browns owner and says, don't count on having this guy all year. We need more time to figure it out. But, so, you know, I think we owe it to you that you you should count on moving forward with football operations without Deshaun Watson in 2022. That's all we can tell you because there's so, so much out there looming. We know that football's right around the corner. You guys need to adjust accordingly. But where, where I was going with that is in the all-time worst trade ever, if he's suspended for the year, but he comes back and is a top-five quarterback or a top-two quarterback in 2023, which I think is still in the realm of possibility, I don't think it'll be looked that way a decade from now, two decades from now. But he also, if he does come back in 2023, he hasn't played football in three years. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, what is? what are you even buying at that point? And I keep going back to how the Browns are constructed. You know, Pro Football Focus did a, a good write-up of salary cap situations over the next three years. And the Browns really have the most money invested in current players over the next three years of any team in the league, all these Najokus and Hunt and Chubb and Cooper, and they're really locked in to win now with the guys they have. And those guys are only going to get older and they can't replenish them quarterback or not with early draft picks. So the team he comes back to might look a lot different than this team now. That's really interesting. Yeah. Um, okay. More on the Cleveland Browns, what they should do, knowing where they're at here going forward. What's the best move for them? Is it Brissett? Is it to try to mend the fences with Baker Mayfield? What's going on with Baker Mayfield? We've got a report there. And uh, I've actually I, uh, more details on the Herschel Walker trade, too, because it's so okay. fascinating <laughs> to compare these two um, and, and how bananas the, the Herschel Walker trade ended up being and what exactly they ended up with after that trade. We'll get into that stuff next. Okay, Herschel Walker trade, just because I, I want to get this out there because um, I brought up the Herschel Walker trade and I thought I knew pretty much how it went and I did, but there was even more to it than I thought. So really? this was the original when it was when the trade was made. This is what it was for. The Dallas. So the the Minnesota Vikings got not just Herschel Walker. They also got the Cowboys pick in 1990. So this this pick happened in early 1990 before the draft. So uh, Herschel Walker went to the Vikings. Cowboys, uh, along with the Cowboys' third-round pick, uh, I guess the, the the San Diego Chargers were involved in this too, and a fifth-round pick went there, and then the Chargers got running back Darren Nelson, I believe, from the Vikings. From the Vikes. Yeah. I mean, the Vikes were, got shipped Nelson out. Walker yeah. comes in. We don't need two stars, you know. Right. right. Okay. So that's where the, the you know, so a little bit of San Diego Chargers in, in this as well, which I didn't remember. Not um, either, yeah. I mean, I don't remember when this trade actually went down. I was too young. But um, Dallas – also sent a 10th round pick in 1990 when the draft was 10 rounds. Ah, long. throw in that 10th. Yeah. That's like got? the Browns getting that six. You know, that's yeah, big. Exactly. So this has been going on for a while. Hey, I got to get that 10th round pick, guys. Got to get it. Or we're we're not close to it. a deal, but you throw in that 10th rounder, I'm in. And the Vikings got the, a third rounder in 91 as well from Dallas. So they got a couple okay. other assets along with Herschel Walker. The Cowboys got four players. Linebacker Jesse Solomon. Linebacker David Howard, cornerback Isaac Holt, and defensive end Alex Stewart. 
it's as if I'm hearing all four of those names for the first time. Yeah, so say, correct me if I'm wrong, audience, but I don't think any of them ever made an impact. Right, right. But Did they the, have to come off the books to make the cap work, or I don't even remember if there was a cap in '90. I, you know, whatever. And the stipulation in this trade is where it's all key because Jesse Solomon, the stipulation there was that if he gets cut by the Cowboys, then instead the Cowboys get Minnesota's first round pick in 1991, which is what happened. If wow. Cut Howard, if you Jesse cut Solomon Howard, was that valuable? I've never even I, heard of him. Or this is where sounds I, like an easy thing to cut Jesse Solomon. This is funny because I think this is where the Vikings thought they were getting over on Jimmy Johnson and the Cowboys where, and I heard Jimmy Johnson talk about this later where he actually, this is, I think maybe much later. I don't know. I'm not sure how much later, but then he called mm -hmm. him up. And said, hey, I'm cutting all these guys, you know, <laughs> right, like, right. I don't want any of them. Right. Trying to rebuild. Something of course I want the first rounder and not Jesse Solomon, you know, no right. offense to the Solomon family. If they're watching the show here. Uh, and so, and then uh, for cutting David Howard, they got Minnesota's second round pick in 91. What a weird trade. I know for cutting Holt, they got the first round pick in '92. Wow! And of course you're cutting uh, them all. Yeah, and <laughs> they, they ended up getting as part of the Nelson to San Diego thing, which was a conditional thing. They ended up getting Minnesota's second round pick in '92 for the Nelson thing, but Nelson okay. went to San Diego, so I don't even know how that's possible. This is just a convoluted trade. And then by cutting the fourth player, Stewart, so all four of the players in the deal got cut by the Cowboys. They ended up with Minnesota's third round pick in 1992. So all told, they got. First rounders in 90, 91, 92. They got second rounders in 90, 91, and 92. They got a sixth in 90 and a third in 92 for Herschel Walker. And those players ended up being that they drafted in the, the first round ended up being Emmett Smith, Darren Woodson, and Russell Maryland. Wow. I just pulled up drafthistory.com to double check where they were at in their rebuild. So this happened after the 89 draft where they took – Aikman first overall, picked up Moose Johnson in the second round, Stepnoski in the third round. So that was like phase one of the rebuild. And actually, Michael Irvin was the first round pick the year before. So they had a couple little building blocks in place. Like, put in today's term, if Houston had Trevor Lawrence instead of Mills, and they had Jamar Chase, it's my Michael Irvin reference, and then they make this trade. Like, you got two guys in their first or second year, cornerstone dudes, good young center in Stepnoski, and then you make this deal, and boom, the floodgates open with all these picks going forward. Like, holy smokes, 1991, the year Mr. Williamson here graduated from Mount Lebanon High School, the Dallas Cowboys made 18 draft picks. <laughs> three first-rounders, three third-rounders, three fourth, four fourth-rounders. I mean, holy smokes. I mean, picking up guys like Eric Williams and Alvin Harper and Russell Maryland, Leon Lett in the seventh round. I mean, foundational cornerstone dynasty Cowboys. And then they made 15 picks in 92. Yeah. So and so, <laughs> that, and that's the other thing. So it, they didn't just spend those picks that they ended up with either. I think they traded down almost every year as well. They, 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 they moved down with the Steelers in 1990. Uh, no, actually, they moved up with the Steelers in 1990 from 21 to 17 to get Emmett Smith. To get Emmett. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, there was that draft didn't yield much, only five picks. They must have given up some picks to do that to get mm -hmm. Emmett. Yeah. And again, so that's so 
running back's still valuable. This wasn't a zero running back technique. By no, team. no, no, right. He drafted a first-round running back and never actually traded up to get him as part of the picks he got from Herschel Walker and obviously very easily uh, replaced Herschel Walker at the end of his career with a you know a, a rookie version of Emmitt Smith, who ended up being the all-time leading rusher in the NFL, running behind a, a fantastic offensive line, by the way. That was a work uh, in progress at the time, yeah. but Stepnoski and Williams is on his way. And, you know, right, wow. There was um, – so the the pick they got from the Vikings in 91, they used as part of a deal to get the number one overall pick in 91 from the New England Patriots to draft Russell Maryland. Russell Maryland. So they ended up getting the number one overall pick out of this with a combined using theirs, uh, using multiple picks to trade back out. So they moved up there. Then I think they moved so, down. Real quick. So, again, this was 91. I was 18 years old, and you were even younger. You know, that the, the Cowboys had so much draft capital going into that draft that they were able to trade up whatever the deal was to get the first overall pick that wasn't a quarterback, by the way, and they still made 18 selections in the 1991 draft, including the first pick overall, the 12th pick overall, the 20th pick overall, three-thirds and four-fourths. Like, holy cow, is that some, you know, you talk about bringing a lot of bullets to the the draft. I mean, that's unbelievable. That's crazy. It's insane. So anyway, yeah. the Mitchell Walker trade was like, and then the hindsight part of it of seeing all these players they ended up with: Kevin Smith, Darren Woodson. Darren Woodson. Yeah. Um, yeah. So pretty, pretty, pretty darn amazing uh, what that trade ended up being. And Herschel Walker obviously didn't work out and didn't help the Vikings become a good team. And they were they were pretty bad for most of the nineties, right? I can't remember any good, really good Vikings teams. And this is well before, like, Randy Moss era, and they started right. getting and then the, they you know, right. got going again in the early 2000s, late 90s with, with Randy Moss. And so, um, anyway, um, is the Deshaun Watson trade worse than that? It could be. Yeah. I, I mean, it, the chances the Texans turn those picks into a dynasty is slim. But they're going to be, you would think, not a laughingstock anymore unless they get in trouble, which how we opened the show. And Real Herschel quick, Walker I, wasn't suspended for a year plus, and they didn't have all these PR nightmares to go on top of, you know, giving up all the those picks. Um, anyway, go ahead. You you were about to say something. I was just because it dawned on me that era in some crazy running back trades. I just googled real quick the Ricky Williams to the Saints trade. You know, like people laugh. I mean, this wasn't that long ago that people were going all in on running backs. Mike Ditka had just had Walter Payton with the, the the Bears, obviously, and fell in love with Ricky Williams. So he moves from 12 to 5 to get Ricky Williams. Okay, that doesn't sound all that crazy. But he also threw in the rest of his draft that year. And a, <laughs> yeah. It was the only pick they made that year. It was Ricky yes. yeah. And the 2020 first and third, which ended up being LeVar Arrington. You know, like. Holy cow. I mean, just to get Ricky Williams, who wasn't even, I mean, I mean, he was a good player, but I mean, him and Herschel Walker were both fine. But, you know, could you imagine a team doing that now? Unbelievable for a running back. And keenly yeah. running back. He was the second running back selected that year. Edgar and James went ahead of him, right? Ahead of him in the top five. Yeah. So unbelievable. Crazy. Unbelievable stuff. There, there's definitely some competition for the worst trade in NFL history, but for the Browns that it's already in the conversation of that right now is. Mm-hmm telling you how bad this was and we'll see what that ends up looking like in the end what the picks end up looking like in hindsight for the for the texans which might make the trade look better or worse or they lose them all 
Right. Yeah. Who knows now with that, with that extra wrinkle. So Jacoby Brissett, if you're the Browns now, you've got Jacoby Brissett and Joshua Dobbs, who you know from who spent time with the Steelers. Right, that's the backup to Brissett. It's, according to reports, it's not Baker Mayfield. That the that fence is not going to be mended. Um, and there's not anything imminent with Baker Mayfield, although there was some reports this week that maybe I think Josina Anderson reported that there was interest with the Seahawks, and that was a possibility of something getting done there. Uh, mm-hmm. There was a report that the Browns didn't want Sam Darnold in the trade back if it was a, a deal with the Panthers that went and got Baker Mayfield. So it seems like, as of now, no movement for Baker Mayfield. I think their teams are waiting for him to be even cheaper for them to acquire. Uh, I still think the fit for the Seahawks is perfect. You know, Then maybe Drew Locke goes back, and there's your extra quarterback when you're the Browns. Um, but the Browns going forward after all this with Kobe Brissett, who was at best the third best option they probably thought they were going to have at quarterback to start the offseason. Um, do you go get a Jimmy? Do you try to bring in Sam Darnold and make that trade? Um, do you what, what do you do if you're the Browns? You just roll with Brissett and that's it? I'm a Brissett fan. I love his toughness. His teammates adore him, but I think he's a high end backup. And, you know, the more he plays, the more it shows that he's a backup. You know, I mean, you watch three games of tape, four games of tape. Oh, now I know how to play this guy. And the book's kind of been written. He has value, and you would have to play a very physical, Nick Chubb-oriented team, you know, style with him as your guy and play very good defense and win low-scoring games and win in the margins and be great on special teams. It's possible, but I don't see you winning the AFC North that way. You know, I mean, especially the path you'd have to take to get there. Um, Real quick note on Baker. And people know that I don't love Baker's game. I didn't love him coming out of Oklahoma. But I was listening to a podcast, on which I remember which one it was. But they had one of these doctors on that really knows the league and injuries. And he said, "What what would people think of Baker Mayfield? Remember, he tore his labrum in his off shoulder in week two. A lot of people would have shut it down for the year at that point. Like this doctor saying when he rolls over in his bed at night, he could wake up screaming with the torn labrum. Like there's no way that doesn't affect things. And then other injuries followed. So if Baker plays a game and a half, gets hurt, and we doesn't play the rest of the year, think of where his stock would be right now. It'd be much, much higher. I'm not making excuses for him, but those are facts. I still very much believe Baker will end up in Carolina or Seattle. I mean, I think that's a done deal. I don't know which one it is. I think Carolina, I believe the smoke in Carolina more than I believe the smoke in Seattle, which leaves me with only one option to me if I'm the Browns is Jimmy. I mean, like to me, Jimmy, if I want to win this year, Jimmy's my best bet. I think Baker to Seattle with the style and uh, former NFL GM Scott McClune, who was part of the Browns staff as a consultant when they drafted Baker Mayfield was it okay was was a big part of helping them talk talk them into he loved Baker Mayfield he was the guy he was the number one Mm -hmm. guy for for Scott McLuhan and McLuhan says the fit was awful with Stefanski's offense two tight ends set like uh, the, the his style of play is much more Russell Wilson push the ball down the field right run the ball little play action chuck it deep he likes to throw the deep ball he likes to take shots, and you see that in what that could be in Seattle's offense. Makes a lot of sense. It was not Agreed. really that great of a fit with Stefanski's offense, but you know, it's a perfect fit for Stefanski's offense. Is Jimmy Garoppolo? He's already, he already knows the verbiage of that West Coast style. Um, you know, similar in the play action realm, dependence. the act realm of of offense. Right. Let's get the ball out quick over the middle of the field, tight ends. Right, and so 
I think the fit is perfect. If you're trying to salvage the best possible season, we already know that Jimmy Garoppolo was ahead of Jacoby Brissett on NFL rosters sure. in, their, in their respective careers already. Yeah. You have to think that if it's at all feasible, go get Jimmy Garoppolo, salvage what you can out of this year, one year, then see what happens next year. Garoppolo's off the books and move forward with Deshaun Watson or have another plan, whatever else you do next offseason. Try to be as good as you can this year. Uh, create some competition in that quarterback room. And for the for the Seahawks, I think Baker Mayfield's a better fit there than he was with the Browns anyway. So I, I love those two fits. I agree with all those things. One way of looking at it, though, is if you're the Browns, not that Jimmy's going to cost you a future first or anything, is can we lose any more draft picks or do we just have to start? You know what I mean? I, I think you're all in this year, so – you think Jimmy can maybe take it far like he did in San Francisco and give us a, a, a puncher's chance, but yeah, so, and that's the other thing. The yeah. rosters are built in a similar way. You've seen the 49ers win not because of Jimmy, you know. Uh, sure, the, the whole Daniel Jeremiah. I, I love the thing he talks about with quarterbacks: are they a truck or a trailer? Mm -hmm. Jimmy's a, uh, Jimmy's he's a trailer. A trailer. Yeah. He's not a truck, but a, a trailer you can win with, right? Running game, defense. That's where the Browns are built right now. Mm -hmm. So you've seen Jimmy thrive in that situation, get the ball out quick. Cooper, tight ends, running game, strong defense. That's a formula that, that works. It's, it's mm. tested. We just saw it work last year. Um, and aside from that, could could the picks come from – so my idea involves – and I'll run – I've talked about this on Locked On 49ers, so apologies to those listeners who listen to both shows. I've had this idea already. I want to run this by you, Matt, because you're not biased toward mm -hmm. the 49ers or any of these teams. I think the best deal that makes sense to me is a three-way that actually keeps both Baker Mayfield and Jimmy Garoppolo away from the Seattle Seahawks from the 49ers perspective. Um, but for the Carolina Panthers perspective, can they send the pick to the 49ers and get a free upgrade from Darnold to Baker Mayfield? And the Niners send Jimmy G to Cleveland. Cleveland. Right. So three team trade. Cleveland doesn't have to give up the picks, but they give up the better quarterback and get Jimmy Garoppolo, but they give up a better quarterback. So the Panthers send the pick to the 49ers to take on half of Darnold's salary. Right. Like what? Mm -hmm. Nine million dollars. So for the 49ers, you can cut Jimmy G, clear twenty five million dollars of cap space. So for the 49ers, you have to get something back for Jimmy if you trade him and take on part of or maybe all of, probably not all of, but part of Sam Darnold's contract, that now you have a veteran backup for Trey Lance. But how much in, in let's say, half of that contract the 49ers take on? $9 million. What's that yeah. worth in draft picks for you to take on the $9 million rather than just cutting Jimmy Garoppolo for $25 million? I feel like that's a, a three-team trade that could make sense and everyone benefits from it. Might make sense. And as you were saying that, I thought, thought you know, Darnold's the spare part here. Might Seattle call Carolina and say, hey, Pete Carroll's got big-time USC connections, much like Drew Locke. We love this guy coming out of school. We can revive him. We'll give you a fourth-round pick for Darnold in the process, too. Or, you know, maybe Darnold ends up in Seattle as well. Yeah, Ooh, I, yeah I can see that. You know, I mean, again, that'd be a convoluted trade or a series of trades. It's interesting, though. I mean, I do think that, all of that could work out, and I'd be—I don't have a great feel for. I need a third. I need a fifth. You know, for what salary cap worth for every team? You remember Osweiler 
basically they said, I will give you a second to take Osweiler. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't think it's to that degree, you know? Yeah. And at a certain point for the 49ers, you think about it and you're like, well, just cut Jimmy. Cause why, why, why take on $9 million for mm -hmm. a backup? You don't want to end up in Seattle though. Yeah. You'd like and that would be a way to, the 49ers would not want to cut Jimmy because he would sign with the Seahawks. Mm -hmm. Probably. Yeah. One other viewpoint, and this kind of goes back to what I was saying about not wanting to give up picks for anybody if you're the Browns. I could understand, and I'd have to study it more, if Watson is suspended indefinitely, if I'm the Browns, am I selling Kareem Hunt, Jack Conklin, gathering as many picks as I possibly can, not necessarily for the next quarterback, but for building the young team for when Watson returns. Yeah, it's tough because if you pack it in, you're just getting the Texans a better pick. You're not well, helping that's, that's that much. That's what Houston's rooting for. Yeah, do right. that. Trade them all. You know, right. You know what's funny? Could Houston – how about this for Galaxy Brain? Could Houston trade for could, – could Houston give later picks – to the Browns to take away their good players to eventually get themselves a better first round pick. That's kind of awesome. Yeah. All right. We'll take Kareem Hunt off your hands. Yeah, give us a chub. Or a good player. Hunt. Right, 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 right. Miles Garrett. Why not? No, that, would, that wouldn't happen. That would not happen. But Jack Conklin and those type yeah. of guys, you know, all of a sudden you have a serviceable team around Mills and the Browns get worse and your pick gets richer. You'd essentially be trading up in the first round using those late picks, but getting players now for it instead of winning more games in the process. Yeah. Which hurts your pick, but who cares? You're anyway, trying to win here. The NFL is nuts, Matt. Yeah, this is crazy. This league we cover every day is insane. <laughs> All right. That's why we love it. That's why we're able to come at you every day here, even in the offseason. Thanks, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen. Tell us what you think at BD Peacock, at Williamson NFL on Twitter, or in the YouTube comments on the Locked On NFL channel. What do you think? Where does this rank? Is the Deshaun Watson trade already one of the worst in NFL history for the Cleveland Browns? Well, if he never plays for him, it's going to rank first. Oh, it will. Yeah. It, <laughs> it, it just considering when the trade happened. Right, right. And not hindsight of what the picks were becoming. That's, yeah. I can't believe the picks weren't conditional or whatever. You know, uh, another, we could talk about this forever. And there's some conditions, I think, in Watson's contract, potentially that could, the, the, the Browns could get out of some of that. Stuff. I think so, yeah. I exactly what those conditions are. But uh, that, I think could, if when new things arise, they can get out. Yeah. But I think no, it has to yeah. be, I think it has to be criminal stuff, though. I'm not positive on that, like convictions. But anyway, um, all right. Thanks, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listener. We're going to talk about quarterbacks, average depth of target. The Williamson spreadsheet is growing. We'll get into some <laughs> of that stuff. We've still got some fantasy football war rooms, quarterbacks, wide receivers to come this offseason, previewing the 2022 NFL training camps and season, as well as some fantastic guests. we got Peter Bukowski of Locked on Packers coming on to talk about the, uh, the post Devontae Adams Packers on Wednesday's show. So a lot of stuff coming up right here. Peacock and Williamson.